for Halloween, shouldn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I guess, guess sugar's good like anytime. The, we're in like the after effect of Halloween. Oh, still. I guess so. But but November's here. Yes, so. my birthday month. Your birthday month. It's yes. my mom's birthday month too. It's so a good month. lots of celebrations mm -hmm. going on in November. But there's <laughs> one thing that November is, and it is National Diabetes Month. Yes, and and it's kind of astounding when you read the statistics about diabetes. Well, tell us. Oh, I, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to the American Diabetes Association, um, there's 15% of people in Tennessee have diabetes. That's over 800,000 people. That's a lot of people. It is. But what's the scary part of it is mm -hmm. the amount of people living with diabetes and don't know that they have it. And that's mm. over 160,000 people. So those are people that have diabetes, don't know it, so they're not necessarily taking care of their diabetes. Probably not. Because they don't know they need to. I would assume that they are not. Because they don't know and <laughs> right. they don't know they need to. Or they may know and I just don't want to deal with it yet. So, so if this many people have diabetes, I assume there's a lot of medical costs involved with that. Yes. Um, actually, medical expenses are like two and a half times higher for a diabetic than a person. That so it's expensive yeah. to have diabetes. Lots of things to think and about. And we both have people in our families that have diabetes. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got juvenile diabetes in my family and, and your dad. Yeah, he was a type 2 diabetic. Yes. So, yeah, we've both dealt with it and we know what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get back to this topic in a minute because it is very important. Right. But we do have a guest with us today. <laughs> I'm wearing my crown for a reason. Sarah only lets me wear my crown on special days. So, and today is one of those days yes. because we have Callie Compton with us. Hi, Callie. Hello. Now, Callie, Callie's just exceptional. I'm just going to start out by saying that. Um, she's a beauty queen. I like beauty queens. In my head, I'm a beauty queen. Um, Not in your head. You are in real a life, beauty, I'm a beauty queen. queen. Yes. But she's more than a beauty queen. She is extraordinary because she owns Weightless Aerialist Company. Now, basically what that means is she flies through the air. And I mean, she does flips and she does all these things and it scares me to death Is to that watch. like with the... Like things that hang down. Like yeah, what fabric. are those things called? Like, They're fabric. Out here. <laughs> We're doing a motion. Yeah, nobody can see us. <laughs> it's really funny if she can see it. <laughs> They're called aerial silks or aerial fabrics. I okay. also do um, trapeze, aerial trapeze, uh, dance dance trapeze, I guess is what you would call it. Uh -huh. And Lyra, and I fire perform, fire dance. I've seen oh. the fire. So, yeah, Man, that's scary. On my media, on my Facebook and things. So. I'm going to check this out. The fire is scary. We should practice sometime. We're not doing the fire. <laughs> um, so I take it you're not scared of heights. Uh, no. Several aerialists are that I know, believe it or not. <laughs> Wrong profession. <laughs> yeah. I'm truly, out on that. Truly. It's a good way to conquer your fears, I would say. Yeah. But no, I'm not scared of heights. I've been really lucky that I don't have that problem. Like, that's so cool. It is. And she's studied never under met an some aerialist really cool before. people. She studied with artists that have been with Ringling Brothers, with Cirque du Soleil. Awesome. So, yeah. We're not talking amateur stuff. We're talking some real flying <laughs> the through real the air deal. stuff. But she's also a personal trainer. She's taught ballet for children, right? Yes. So, I mean, she's she's 
a lot of stuff. She was Miss <laughs> Memphis in 2017. Um, in 2019, she was Miss Hatchie um, in Tennessee. And she was in the Miss Tennessee pageant. That's exciting. This year. That's oh, always competition. exciting. Yes, the Miss Tennessee competition. scholarship competition. Yes. Keep me correct, Sarah. That's what I'm here for. Uh, that's why you're here. <laughs> and were you top 10? I was. I thought she was. Oh, my goodness. That's really cool. Congratulations. Thank you so much. You've done a lot, and you do a lot. It was such an honor to be recognized, and, you know, my hard work to pay off in that way. So. Very cool. So let's get just a little background from okay. you. Um, where are you from? Where did you go to school? Give a shout-out to your hometown, that type of thing. <laughs> I am from Memphis. Okay. Uh, so being with Memphis was really, really awesome. Yeah. Um, it was a great experience. And I graduated from the University of Memphis the same year that I won that title um, oh. with a degree in journalism and theater. Very cool. Okay. Okay, and so it's no coincidence that we have her here on the same day that we're talking about diabetes right. because you are a diabetic. Yes. You're type 1, which yes. is juvenile yes. diabetic, and you were diagnosed at a very young age, the age of 2. Is two that correct? Mm -hmm. So what was early childhood like for you? I mean, I know birthday parties and trick-or-treating and, you know, everything revolves around oh, yeah. food and sweets and candy and eating and Yes. So, <laughs> oh, well, especially in the, in the nineties, they didn't have the technology they do now. Mm -hmm. So back when I was diagnosed, which was the, the mid late nineties, there wasn't this technology that we have now. So mm -hmm. there wasn't a way to continuously monitor your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. So we were checking constantly as a child. Of course you get left out from things because parents are scared to deal with it. Yeah. You're not going to be invited to the birthday parties because people don't want to deal with that. They don't want to what if something happens call, to her while she's yeah. here? Exactly. Yeah. They would say, what if she goes into a diabetic shock, mm -hmm. which isn't a thing, of course. It's not yeah. real. Um, but no. people would assume that. You don't, you don't get to go to sleepovers. You don't get to... Mm -hmm. And it's not like I didn't have friends at that age, of course. It wasn't like I was just left out completely. Right. But they would call my mom and tell her, like, hey, sorry, we just can't. You know, this is why she's not being invited. Dang, and it, it stays as a child. You know, it, it hurts. But... I've been really lucky that growing up, of course, people started to understand it. There was more awareness, um, mm -hmm. especially thanks to places like the ADA and JDRF, um, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Yeah. Is that your platform? That is my platform. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I've been volunteering for them since I was three years old. Like, I was in a commercial at three, and um, gosh, it's the cutest thing. <laughs> There's a video of like, my mom checking my blood sugar when I was three years old, and Aww. it was on some kind of uh, some campaign. So, How did you feel about needles? Because you were exposed <laughs> to a lot of them early. Um, it's kind of interesting to see like essentially a toddler give themselves a shot, but you know, that's oh, what wow. I was doing like growing yeah. up and I was lucky that I had a mom that taught me and was very patient and, um, wouldn't let me just rely on her to do it. Mm. So that way I was able to be pretty, she empowered you age. from an early age. Oh, yes. absolutely. That's absolutely. great. Cause the instinct would be to hold them close and not yeah. let them go anywhere. Like as a mom, I'd be like, come here, let me do this. Yeah. You know? She sent me to Camp Hopewell pretty young. I think I was six years old the first yeah. time I went. My I've older sister worked there that. for a long time. And that's a diabetes camp for yes. children living with diabetes. Oh. Um, or a camp, a summer camp, like a sleepaway camp. So mm -hmm. I was gone for a week at a time and under, you know, of course the care of exceptional uh, nurses and doctors there. But that really helped me be independent too. And the fact that so she let cool. me go do that so young. Yes. So. I love that. Yeah. So when you were growing up, like what are some questions your friends would ask you? Like, did you have a pump then? Like, you know, I didn't, they weren't, I mean, I guess they were available, but I didn't have access to it that yeah. young. Um, and especially like super young that they're hard to work. I mean, they're not like the super easiest thing. So I didn't have one when I was young. Actually, I don't think I had one until I was like 15. Okay. okay. Was when I got my first one, um, maybe a little bit younger. 
But yeah, people ask all the time, you know, of course, when you're older, people think that when you're injecting yourselves with needles, their first assumption, unfortunately, is drugs. Oh. Um, so you get that question a lot, even in high school. Oh, God, I would never have thought that. Right, right. And it's really unfortunate. People actually ask, are you using drugs? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I've had teachers think that, you know, later in high school that my insulin pump was an MP3 player. Oh. Uh, yeah, and I've had teachers pull it and <gasps> try to take it, and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> um, things like oh. that. When you're even younger, people think that you're just getting special treatment because you get to eat candy in class. Like, oh, you're the teacher's favorite. You get to mm. eat snacks in class, but no, I mean, it was a, a life or death situation. Right, they just didn't understand. I had a few um, issues when I was really young where I wouldn't even be able to make it to the nurse's office. So they would send me with people, and I would be like sitting in the hallway. Somebody runs and goes and gets a teacher. Um, luckily, like growing up, I didn't have too many issues with that. I feel like I was pretty lucky, but um, definitely that happened a few times. Oh, that's it, scary. It is. Being young with type 1 was definitely hard. Very lucky to have good resources. Yeah. So a lot of the things that you've done, just the things that we've talked about, kind of challenge the stereotype of diabetes, mm. like flying through the air, number one. <laughs> um, number two, uh, doing pageants yeah. and, you know, scholarship competitions. You see how I, like, changed I, I, that and that brought was, it back around. Great. Um, <laughs> what is the first thing that you remember doing that kind of, like, was outside of the diabetes box, if you will? What is something you remember doing that you thought, hmm, most people with diabetes don't do this my whole life I've been incredibly athletic um, okay. it's always been a huge passion of mine and I mean from the from the earliest ages I remember challenging what you would consider the stereotype mm -hmm. um, I was told my whole life like since I was very very young that I could do anything that anyone else could do that I could that I could rule the world I just have to check my blood sugar in between so <laughs> I love it <laughs> I, do too. That's I was awesome. very much taught that my older sister uh, she's about 13 years older than me she was diagnosed with type 1 when she was 8 years old oh, okay. so my family had already been exposed to it for a few years and they already kind of knew what to expect so she was the guinea pig she was, she was. <laughs> so they were the experts by the time you came along <laughs> they were um, so they had a little bit of experience but I remember I always wanted to be a pilot growing up. I wanted to be in the Air Force. I wanted to fly planes, commercial airline eventually. And that was my, my mom was a flight attendant. So that was something that I'd always wanted to do. And no one had the heart to tell me that back then, until recently, I think 2015 was when they changed it, you couldn't get um, a commercial pilot's license. You can't fly airplanes with type 1 diabetes. Anyone who's insulin dependent that takes insulin wasn't allowed to even mm. um, apply for a license to mm. do that. So somebody eventually told me, I think around middle school, and I was just devastated. I mean, that was my whole idea. Yeah, like your dream. Right. And you have uh -huh. all these people hyping you up, like you can do whatever, you can do whatever. And then there's literally a legal roadblock right. that you can't, right. can't do this. Right. Well, that leads me into what I consider my biggest overcoming of something because I always wanted to fly and that was my big thing that I wanted to fly. And this chick has to. always wanted to be in the air, <laughs> yeah. whether she's in a plane or she's flipping around on those yeah. things that come down. Well, yeah. So that's what led me actually to aerial fabrics is when I found that, <laughs> when I found that it was a whole new way to fly. And it was a, a thing that I was allowed to do. No one was stopping me. Yeah. You know, the circus industry is regulated of course, but not in the exact same, yeah. you don't have to have a license to, to perform aerial fabrics. Right. Uninsured and teacher trained and all those things. But um, that's a whole different story, and they're not checking for insulin resistance and, or uh -huh. insulin dependence. Well, I guess flying a plane would be a little different level. Yeah. You know, but I'm glad it's changed. Yeah. Me too. That's Me too. great. Yeah. There's that certain exceptions good. for it. You have sure. to go through um, like A1C testing, I'm pretty sure, and things like that. Yeah. But it's well, that makes sense, not just but... an end all stuff. Yeah. Um, actually, now uh, type 1 diabetics can get CDL licenses as well, mm. which is new. That yeah. used to not that's be That's great. That is great. So the ADA was uh, hugely influential in getting that passed. 
Now you said yeah. physical activity was a big part of things and you were athletic. Now your mom has an athletic history, right? Yeah. Was she like a, what was your mom? She's a professional cheerleader. Professional cheerleader. She, or before I, she was a fighter. I cheerleader. was going to say a professional ballet dancer. I don't know. <laughs> I got that. I guess because you teach ballet. Yes. So physical activity was kind of already in the family. Oh yes, absolutely. And, she taught workout classes and fitness classes. And, and so we teach yeah. people all the time that have type two, because right. that's mainly who we get in our classes. Right. We talk about how physical activity is so important for managing your blood sugar even 30 minutes a day can change your life yeah, yeah. that's um, what we try to tell them mm -hmm. you know i even tell people um you know clients that i work with like walking to the end of your driveway oh my like, gosh we, we're like, on here so we tell them <laughs> instead of getting your mail when you pull into your yeah. driveway I them walk and then walk back i've done that <laughs> I, I know. It too. I do it every day, or I'm like, hey, who wants to check the mail? What kid's getting out of the car to get the mail? There's that little bit of yeah. extra things that you do, like park further away from, yes, the, from the store right. that you're going into. Yeah. Little changes do add up, and they make a difference. And that's stuff that people that aren't exercising at all can start implementing exactly. easily and quickly. Slightly build up that stamina, and then yes. when you start to go for that 10-minute walk, that 30-minute jog, eventually yes. you've already built up a little bit to it. It's not going to exactly. win. You don't have to fly through the air. You no. can do other yeah. things. But I love I love Callie's story of this, her flying, yes. how she got there. You, you can fly through the air for exercise, but yeah. I love it. I, I love do it. teach beginner classes, so I do have people that have never really um, been into fitness come to my classes. And Beginning flying through the air. Yes. That sounds like something we need to go to, Sarah. <laughs> and they begin to fly through the air. I'm scared of heights, so I'm probably out on this. <laughs> but I want to get to the Miss Tennessee page yeah. because, you know, that was this year and it was awesome. And I just have to tell our listening audience that Callie rocked that stage and diabetes is not something that she tried to hide. I remember she had on a, a beautiful white evening gown and she had her insulin pump visible. <laughs> and I thought, now, you know, this was a bold move because Callie, you could have had some kind of sexy shawl or something <laughs> draped, you know, around your shoulders <laughs> that looked real glamorous mm -hmm. and nobody would have even seen your insulin pump. Did you consciously decide, I'm going to show my pump? Yes. So, in the past, I've, I've worn it on stage before. Mm -hmm. um, Nicole Johnson, who was Miss America in 1999, was mm -hmm. also diabetic, and I met her when I was very young, which was part of the reason that I compete Miss America. Okay. So, I have all these tie-ins to, you know, to the things that I do. I've been really lucky to have a pretty, pretty clear path, I guess, but I've always wanted to be Miss America because of her. Uh -huh. And then Sierra Sanderson, who was Miss... I want to say Idaho, but I feel like that's wrong. A couple years ago, wore her insulin pump on stage at okay. Miss America. So I've had these, you know, these role models um, to look up to and that have done that. And I wanted to be that person for somebody else. But I did, I will tell you, that evening gown specifically, the silhouette was just gorgeous. And it was the J.S. Fields and Company. Um, oh, it was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, they, they helped me find it and they were just amazing. But that specific gown, I almost didn't wear my insulin. I don't want to say almost didn't, but had a debate, like a huge debate because I didn't want to ruin the lines of it. I just wanted to have this one moment essentially to feel... I don't want to say normal, but you know not diabetic. Saying. Yeah, of course. And then I was like, no, because what if somebody watching knows that I'm diabetic or, and they don't want, I don't want people to think I'm ashamed of it because I'm not. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a moment where I'm like, this is part of my life. I want to represent who I am 100% all the time. And I get, get up there and I give this statement about living with type one and not being ashamed of it. So of course I'm going to boldly, boldly proclaim that. And I'm trying to put a shawl around her <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I did have a debate. Like, I don't want people to think either that I'm 100% sure of myself all the time because I'm not. It's okay to be questioning and yeah. it's okay to have struggles with it. All of us sure. do, even the most confident people. Well, that's like so real, you know? It is. It is. Okay, back to Miss Tennessee. Yes. You were there doing a great job. 
you got sick and I was following all of this. I don't know you personally. <laughs> we just met in person for the first time mm-hmm. today. Um, you got sick and I'm looking on social media and I'm like, oh no, she's at the hospital. Mm-hmm. She's no longer at the pageant venue. Yes. What happened to you? Um, so I am <laughs> pretty lucky in that I only get sick like once or twice a year with something that's not diabetes related. And I happened to catch a sinus infection and some kind of awful virus at the same time. So I realized like maybe the second day I was there that I was kind of getting sick and I'd I just had an implant surgery for my CGM, which is diabetes-related uh, technology. It's a mm-hmm. continuous glucose monitor. Okay. So, and I think that partly like lowered my immune system, and I was just kind of feeling off. Well, I caught these two things at the same time. They sent me to the doctor. The Miss Tennessee was amazing about this, like so good about it. They took me to the doctor. Doctor gave me a steroid shot, which then of course sent my blood sugars crazy. So, on top of being already sick and having high blood sugars and recovering from this implant surgery, I then had you know ketones and was battling these numbers I couldn't control, and they were like, Callie, you need to go to the emergency room. They were like, we just need to get you fluids and get your blood sugars down, and we'll hope that you can compete. Were you screaming, no, this is yes. my moment, I'm not going anywhere? <laughs> yes. Okay, that's what I would have been saying. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I've okay. been for you know, three years for this, and I was just so, I wanted to make top 10, that was my goal, I just, I'd worked so hard for it, and I didn't want it to, to see it not come to fruition because of diabetes, and because of blood sugars, and being sick, and I'm glad they sent me to the ER because I got fluids and felt better. Um, I was worried I wasn't going to be able to make it on stage at all. And then I was able to compete all three or all, I guess, four nights because I made top 10. Uh, but it was, it was a lot. It was a huge ordeal. Okay. So when, when you were done at the hospital, yes. you came back. And you did compete. Yes. I was so nervous. I, I am not close to being your mother. I can't imagine what your mom was going through watching you fly through the air, knowing you were just in the hospital hours earlier. But were you afraid when you got up there in the sky, flipping and turning? She was doing her thing. She was doing her thing. Yes. But she was sick. She didn't feel good. Well, no. But she, like she said, like this was her moment. You don't want to fly through the air this. when you don't feel good, Sarah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to fly through the air on my best day. So. <laughs> but what was that like for you? Fortunately, it is my full-time job. Mm-hmm. So I've had to perform sick, of course. I've had to perform, unfortunately, uh, in worse condition. Okay. Um, but when it is your job, you learn to kind of overcome those things. Mm-hmm. And as long as it doesn't become a safety issue, like right. as long as I'm not worried about passing out or, you know, missing a trick or something. I was worried about you passing out. <laughs> I know my body pretty well at this point, so I trusted myself um, to a degree. And I was lucky that I had girls backstage that were really just hyping me up and helping me out. Um, one of my best friends uh, and my roommate is Miss Henderson County. So she was backstage, uh, Miranda Colgrove. She was backstage like, you got this, breathe. Here's your sticky spray. You use like a sticky spray sometimes on your hands when you're nervous so you don't sweat. <laughs> like slide down the fabrics. Oh she was my like, God. let me fix your hair. Like, that's Sarah's never said home. that. We've said a lot of things to each other. She's never said, here's your sticky spray. <laughs> You've got this. Yeah, no. she's like rosining my hands for me. <laughs> You I never so know. There's support. a lot of time left. Yeah, there's time left, so you might. <laughs> I think that's so awesome, though, because you um, you were just, you were able to overcome that, and people could mm-hmm. see that. You know, little yeah. girls sitting out there exactly. could see you overcoming that. Right. And they knew. I mean, you know, I made it no secret. I told people, like, I'm dealing with this. And yeah. I had my, um, my CGM visible during my aerial performance, too. And I think that that was actually the first time I'd done that, because I've always been scared of, like, knocking them off in the air. But we just taped the heck out of it, sticky sprayed it down, <laughs> and uh, jumped on stage. And Can I get this stuff at Walmart? <laughs> it's Amazon. We'll send you oh, Amazon. Okay. <laughs> She'll have some by Monday. Uh, it's will. basically wash, like, uh, glue that you can tack down to anything. It's pretty nice. Cool. No, spray. I just love it, though, because, like, in all things, you don't 
you just are who you are. Yeah. You yeah, know, and that kind of comes, like, there's so many myths with diabetes. Like, some yes. people may not go for their dream because they have diabetes. So, what, if there was, like, the one huge myth that you could dispel today, like, I don't know if you can pick one, but. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I know. Like, what is one that you would want to say today? Like, if you're listening, please don't believe this anymore. Um, I think the thing that most disheartens me is I've met a lot of people, young people with type 1, or I I guess I used to, I haven't really in recent years, but met a lot of young people with type 1 that thought they couldn't do things, and that just thought that they had to be content with a life of um, being sedentary or being less less active, less, I don't want to say less fulfilled, but in a way less fulfilled than than what they could have otherwise had, Mm -hmm. and I don't want my life to be you know, 50% of what I could have had if I would have been, mm. you know, a healthy person. I'm, I'm still a healthy person, but yeah, you know what I mean? Right. And so I don't want people to think they have to live a percentage less than. I want people to know that they can be 100% of what they want to be before they were diagnosed, what they wanted to be, and that they still can do those things. Yeah. You just have to make certain, you have to stop and check your blood sugar a couple of times a day. <laughs> uh, I used to check about 15 times a day, and now with my CGM, I check twice a day, which is phenomenal anybody yeah. out there if you have type type 1 or type 2 even if you're on insulin look into continuous glucose monitors because that will change your life now what advice would you give a parent whose young child has just been diagnosed with diabetes oh gosh um not to not to hold them back and not to be that the person that tells them they can't do it um and i know that parents aren't going around saying you can't do things because you're diabetic but not to let them believe that to really encourage them. And of course, if you have a young child, like be on them about their blood sugars. Don't let their A1Cs run high. Don't mm-hmm. let their blood sugars run high. But also let them be a kid. That's so important. And I'm so lucky that I was able to have a childhood and to be a kid. Yeah. Especially back then before all the technology. But now there's they can put a CGM on their kid and read their numbers on their own cell phone. And that is amazing. Technology. I know. Right? It, that it's is amazing. amazing. <laughs> well, we're going to give you an opportunity, Callie, to give out your information, how people can follow you on social media. Now, when we talk about her not hiding the fact that she's diabetic, her Instagram handle <laughs> is something similar to the diabetic aerialist. Did I get that's that it. right? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, if that's not putting it out there, yes. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but how can people follow you, follow your journey? Um, I've got a, an Instagram, uh, at the diabetic aerialist. And I've also got a personal Instagram, which I occasionally post diabetes related things, occasionally post Miss Tennessee things and some uh, performance type stuff. Mm -hmm. That's at Callie L. Compton, Mm -hmm. uh, spelled like the city, (laughs) um, Mm C-O-M-P-T-O-N. And I've got a Facebook for my small business, Weightless Aerial Company, LLC. So we're available for performances. We're available for birthday parties, weddings, things like that. We work all over the country. Very Um, cool. So you can follow us there. And then, of course, um, as far as, like, JDRF things go, JDRF West Tennessee, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation West Tennessee, if anyone in this area wants to get involved and volunteer, um, you will see me at all their events. (laughs) Very cool. Callie, we appreciate it. Yeah. I feel uplifted and I feel oh, I motivated today. I'm not going to go fly or anything, but. Well, I don't feel that motivated, <laughs> no. but I did enjoy no, it. No, I did. Like, I just appreciate your enthusiasm and your encouragement. Yes. I, I think anybody that, any of our listeners today 
will feel motivated by that. Yes. I appreciate that. That's yeah. my goal every day yeah. is uplift somebody. So I hope I uplifted several people. Yeah. Two right here. Two. And thanks to all of you for joining us yes. on this episode of Bringing It Home with Sarah and Tennille. And in the words of Mr. Bob Marley, now he would have loved all this flying through the air and stuff that Callie does, but he would remind us to live the life we love. And love the life you live. Until next time.